Welcome to Capital Conversations, an ERLC podcast from Washington, D.C. I'm your host, Jeff Pickering. Around the table on Capital Conversations, you'll hear from the policy team of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission, as well as featured guests from outside our D.C. office. Our conversations cover the policy debates and news shaping our world as we aim to connect our Christian theological motivations to political engagement in Washington. Joining the virtual roundtable this week on Capital Conversations is a full team. I mean, we've got all four of our remote recording positions filled up. I'm coming to you from Washington, D.C., and making her return uh, in the work from home era of the ERLC's Capital Conversations podcast is my colleague, Chelsea Patterson Sobolik. Chelsea, are you there? Greetings. I am here. It's good to be back. Um, I'm also coming to you from Washington, D.C. Um, Jeff and I are actually neighbors, so we're about a street apart. So Yeah, people don't people don't know that about us. My, my street is the number and yours is the number with place added onto mm-hmm. it. So we are mm-hmm. we are literally neighbors. That's kind of a fun uh, fun little tidbit. Well, Chelsea, I am uh, I'm I'm glad to have you back on on the uh, on the Capital Conversations roundtable. Uh, and I'm also excited to welcome back our team coordinator, Brooke Kramer. Brooke, how are you? Hey, I'm good, Jeff. It's good to be with you. I am coming to you from Topeka, Kansas capital city of the greatest state in the union. Uh, Brooke loves, Brooke, since we're giving out little trivia about where we live, uh, Brooke, Brooke loves Kansas like Leslie Nope loves Pawnee. Brooke, would you say that's, that's right. fair? Is that, that's right? Yeah, I've gotten that comparison several times. And what is your favorite thing about Kansas? Oh, my favorite thing about Kansas the favorite thing about Kansas is the people and the history of our great state since 1861. Um, See, I told you folks, she's the Leslie Nope of Kansas. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I get that comparison a lot, especially because I live in Shawnee County, Kansas. Oh. Pawnee and short blonde. So there you go. Pawnee and Shawnee. That's right. There you go. All right. And uh, this isn't a returning to the Capital Conversations podcast, though. I, I kind of feel like maybe I should say returning because she has been such a a huge help to me uh, this semester with putting on many of these podcasts, doing a lot of research and production assistance. Uh, and and this podcast really is, is about her, this episode. Uh, it's one of our favorite things to do is to welcome our interns in their final week to the Capital Conversations podcast to talk about their semester. Uh, so joining us now is our special guest for this episode, our spring 2020 intern, Hannah. Hannah, how are you? I'm doing well, Jeff. I'm excited to be here with y'all. I am joining you from Memphis, Tennessee, you know, barbecue capital of the world. So it's it's a good place to be, to be hanging out. Y'all love to say that. Kansas City has something to say about that. Whoa, whoa, no, 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 um, no, that would be Lockhart, Texas. Uh, which is the hmm. barbecue capital of the Republic of Texas, which is the only real barbecue that matters. I mean, look, don't get me wrong. I will enjoy eating, you know, eating smoked meats uh, all over the country. But Texas barbecue is is real barbecue. Well, Jeff, you haven't visited Ugh. Kansas City and tried real barbecue. So you just don't know what you're missing yet. No, I haven't. But I have been to Hannah's hometown in Memphis. We were there for MLK 50. We had barbecue uh, central barbecue, I believe. 
if my memory serves me. My favorite. Yeah. It is. Their barbecue nachos are Ooh. the best in the world. Ooh, barbecue nachos. Sounds Man, so that good. Sounds good. <laughs> that sounds good. Uh, Hannah, this is your last week with us. You know, as often the case, I just tried to deny that internships have to come to an end um, because our ERLC interns, and I just want to say this right off the top, one of the reasons we do this as a regular uh, episode on this podcast throughout the year is we're advertising. We've got internships, summer, fall, spring, every year, um, and our internship program is really one of the highlights of my role here at ERLC, but I know for our office, the Leland House on Capitol Hill, um, our interns are just incredible. And Hannah, you from day one have just been an incredible uh, teammate and and friend in the office. And I always hate when, uh, when we get that reminder that it's an intern's last week. And uh, man, I, I hate to see you go, but I'm excited to uh, relive your your semester experience here on this conversation to let folks know what you've been up to, what we've been up to this semester. And if you're interested in internships or if, or if you have somebody in your campus or in your community or in your church congregation that might be interested in the ERLC, what we do, they're in college, they're thinking about what to do with a summer or a semester. Maybe, uh, maybe you just graduated and you're trying to think through, is seminary my future? Is public working in public policy or maybe law school, our internship could be a great place for you to spend a semester. And if you want to learn more about our internships, I'd suggest not only listening to this episode and finishing it uh, and sending it to some friends who might also be interested in applying, but also going to erlc.com slash internships to learn more and to send us your application. So before we jump into our conversation with you, Hannah, Chelsea, I want to come to you since you're one of our policy directors and uh, and folks haven't had a chance to hear from you in uh, in a couple of weeks since we all uh, began this quarantine situation. Uh, give us some of the highlights about what uh, what we've been working on, what you uh, have been writing about, what it looks like to be a policy advocate. Uh, while we and congressional staff and most executive branch staff are all working from home. I mean, Washington, D.C. is a ghost town right now. So why don't you give us the highlights about what you've been working on during this COVID-19 season? Absolutely, Jeff. So like most of the world, learning how to work from home uh, for the first time and learning how to advocate, like you said, remotely, because I have never done this. Most of us have have never done this. So definitely learning how to advocate from afar. Um, one of the things that I'm so thankful for is existing um, Capitol Hill and administration relationships. So um, we have those relationships and just continuing to strengthen them, um, but also building new ones. I've done um, some phone calls and just interacted with some coalitions via Zoom. Um, Zoom fatigue is a real thing, um, but um, a couple of the things that we have been working on over the past couple of weeks, obviously working on a lot of uh, COVID-19 um, congressional response. So most recently, the CARES Act uh, and making sure that uh, religious freedom concerns were, were ironed out um, in the Paycheck Protection Program and uh, just keeping an eye on that as it's being implemented and um, as Congress is continuing to work on a potential phase four um, relief package. Um, there's a couple um, things we would like to see in there, including the universal um, charitable deduction, which would incentivize and encourage 
um, normal everyday Americans to continue giving to the charitable sector. Um, you know, that, that sector is on the forefront um, of serving our nation's vulnerable. And so this would just encourage um, continued financial uh, donations to them. Uh, we're also working on um, so, some issues of hunger and making sure that uh, SNAP recipients can um, can order their groceries online. There are some places in the United States where they can't order groceries um, for, for delivery and that obviously affects vulnerable populations and elderly populations. Um, something else I've been keeping my eye on and written about is how uh, the COVID crisis is affecting uh, vulnerable children, both domestically at risk of entering into foster care, in foster care, um, which May is a National Foster Care Awareness Month. So I'm sure we'll be talking about that issue uh, quite a bit. Definitely. And and you wrote a great piece. I was just going to uh, mention to folks, you wrote a great piece on this, um, how the coronavirus is affecting vulnerable children. It's something we highlighted in our policy newsletter the week that you wrote it. I would I would encourage folks to, to go check it out. It was a, it was a great piece and, and something that other uh, other child welfare advocates have said and, and really kind of warned us about at the very beginning of this is during times of crisis and pandemic, you're your vision of the needs of those around you can get really, really small as you just start thinking about yourself uh, and how to be safe in a time of crisis. But that for the Christian, we're we're called to think of others. And I've been super encouraged that since you've written that piece, we really have seen Christians step up and, and meet the needs of of those around them in so many different ways. But um, you know, Chelsea, I'm I'm thankful for your leadership on that and and just wanted to highlight uh, that piece that you wrote and, and it gives some good tangible and, and, and practical next steps about how we can be praying for and, and caring for vulnerable children uh, during this pandemic and during the disruption that's going to come uh, for longer than I think any of us are really prepared for. And and one last thing, uh, Jeff, thank you. I appreciate I appreciate that. One last thing uh, to, to mention and to point out is we're also keeping our eye on some SCOTUS cases, um, they, the Supreme Court for the first time in American history is broadcasting their oral arguments live. Um, normally you have to be inside to hear them uh, firsthand and live, but they are broadcasting them on C-SPAN and I think a couple of networks, but um, really, really neat. Uh, this morning, um, the day we're recording this morning, the there were oral arguments for the Little Sisters of the Poor case, um, which... ERLC has talked about quite a bit over the years um, since they have been tied up in litigation since 2011. But then there's also some decisions we're we're awaiting um, as the court is issuing those uh, decisions every week. So just wanted to highlight that. Yeah, it's it's a pretty fascinating. Uh, if if you're interested in the Supreme Court at all, for the first time ever, you can listen live so to cool. arguments. I mean, that's just it's it's really it's really cool. Um, and it's, you know, for the traditionalist, uh, it's a little sad because the Supreme Court was the last remaining body, uh, in the United States federal government to not have their deliberations televised live. And there's not a video camera, so it's not like the justices are are all on Zoom calls, but they are audio and you can listen live. Well, Chelsea, that's great. Thanks for, uh, you know, thanks for all you do for ERLC and appreciate the, the rundown of some of the things that, uh, that you and and the rest of us here in the policy team have been doing since the coronavirus 
first struck and we all were sent to work from quarantine. We'll be right back after this message from our sponsor. This episode of Capital Conversations is brought to you by The Good Book Company, publisher of the Talking Points series. This is a series of short books focused on Christian compassion, convictions, and wisdom for today's big issues. The particular book we want to highlight this week is the Talking Points on Abortion book. This is a book written by Dr. Lizzie Ling and Vaughn Roberts that seeks to help Christians think biblically, speak wisely, and act compassionately on the complex issue of abortion. To learn more and to purchase this book, you can click the link in our show notes or go to thegoodbook.com. That's thegoodbook.com. First question to you, Hannah. Did anything surprise you about life and work in D.C.? Yeah, Brooke, I feel like D.C. really kind of gets a, a bad rep. Um, I feel like, you know, people talk about that there's there's not good people there and nothing gets done and all of those things. And so um, never having lived in D.C. before, that was kind of the, I guess, the expectation I had in my head when I came to Washington, D.C., but I was really pleasantly surprised just to find how many really great people there are working in government, working to um, address the needs of our country and to to push forward really great policies. Um, you know, although it sounds like, you know, nothing gets done and we're always in gridlock, a lot of really important work does get done and, and we're not always able to see that from afar um, but it was really awesome to be able to see that up close and, and just see that there are really great people getting stuff done. I also found that it was just really easy to make friends in Washington, D.C., which was something that I was really nervous about. I didn't know a single person in Washington when I moved, but I found that a lot of people were also brand new there and also didn't know anybody and also were just, you know, looking for a friend. And so it was pretty cool just to be able to um, to meet some really great people and um, get to p- be a part of um, good policy work. Yeah, that's awesome. Hannah, talk to us about your your background. You know, so obviously you're coming to us from Memphis, which, you know, you self-identify it as the barbecue capital, um, which is, you know, it's fine. We've already we've already talked about that. But uh, you're, you're from Memphis. Where where are you in school and how did you end up at the ERC? Yeah, so I am a senior at Union University in Jackson, Tennessee. Um, that is a, a Southern Baptist um, school there in, in Jackson, and I've had an excellent experience there. Um, I've been studying business with a focus in economics, and so um, I didn't necessarily always um, know that I wanted to work in, in policy. Um, it was something where I just had been really interested in it for a long time and thought, you know, I have a semester that I could do something with. Why not, why not give this a try? Why not try to do something in D.C.? Um, and so then through my church, through my school, I was connected with the ERLC um, and with your internship program. And so I applied and it just worked out for me to be here. And so um, I'm, I'm really glad that it did. Yeah. And so and so are we. So what what I'm curious, uh, you knew about the ERLC. You were at a, a Southern Baptist affiliated university. But what else? What else have you learned about our work, about culture, this moment, and uh, and evangelicalism. I'm just always interested to hear what interns are learning uh, as they're with us. Yeah, so I was familiar with the ERLC um, before because I've, I've grown up in Southern Baptist 
life. And Dr. Moore's book, Onward, was a really formative book for me um, that I read a few years ago and, and really shaping my personal thinking and even the kind of the development of my personal ethic as I think about a lot of issues. Um, and so I was familiar with ERLC before, um, but I think this this internship has really helped me get a much better grasp of the full scope of the work that the ERLC does. Um, I was really aware more so of how ERLC speaks to churches, more so than how they advocate for churches um, in Washington. And so it was really cool to see how um, how the ERLC has maintained its credibility and its authority to speak on so many different issues um, in a time when so many people have, have lost that. It has been really neat to see how you guys have been able to to maintain the convictions that you have and be able to do your work from that place of conviction rather than partisanship or rather than just whatever is, is cool at the moment. Um, you guys have really kept that, um, that strong foundation. And so I learned a lot just about um, more so about the work that you do and the full scope of that. Love that. So Hannah, what is um, a policy issue that was your favorite to work on or just a handful of policy issues you really enjoyed working on? Yeah. So one of my favorite things about my internship was that I got to work on such a wide range of issues. Um, So you guys do work on so many different things. It was really awesome to be able to be a part of that. Um, One of my favorite things that I got to work on, which was kind of unexpected, was working on the Reenter Act. Um, Criminal justice reform is not something that I um, was super familiar with before and something that I had not even really thought of as a a human dignity or even as a a pro-life issue. Um, And so it was really neat for me to get to dig into researching that legislation and writing about it and um, preparing the ERLC to advocate for it. Um, and so that was probably one of my one of my favorite things that I got to work on, and it kind of unexpectedly became something that I really care about. So Hannah, if if somebody's thinking about an internship, when you say you know you were working on that issue, give us an example of what did that work product yeah, look like? So I um, what I did was I I read through the bill pretty closely, and then I made um, summaries and overviews of that, and then I also did some research into what the coalition for that bill was going to look like in Congress, also outside of Congress. Um, I researched what the media was saying about it, what states that have implemented similar programs have done. Um, And then I was able to kind of close that up with writing um, just a persuasive piece on on why members of Congress should should support that bill. Well, Hannah, thanks for giving us insight into, into what that work looked like. Another key component of the ERLC's program is our professional development. And, you know, one, one thing I'm often talking to interns about on a first interview is, is how, how much it matters to us that we invest in these students that are coming to spend a semester with us. So I am certainly proud that interns do real work when they're with us. I mean, a lot of the first drafts of of the work product that ERLC is putting out, like it's often the case that an intern had a hand in creating that first draft, doing a lot of research, going with us to coalition meetings. But it's also really important that we just spend time investing in you as young men and women uh, who love Jesus and are trying to think about how their faith applies to their profession. And so the professional development aspects of our program are 
are really a, a large priority for us. So I'm, I'm curious what that experience was like uh, for you and uh, what that professional, you know, any takeaways from the professional development aspect of our program? Yeah. So um, with professional development, we do a weekly book discussion um, where we go through two books, one being Dr. Moore's Onward um, and the other being a book called What's Best Next. Um, That was a really cool experience for me to get to walk through that book, um, especially as I am thinking about making the transition from um, college into the workforce and and kind of the the readjustment of, of my life and my schedule and how I can best organize myself, how I can um, love other people well through time management, through um, all kinds of really practical tips as far as, you know, how we, how we determine what kind of work we should do and how we can really um, see the work that we do as the good works that, that God has for us to do. And so I really enjoyed going through that. Um, but I think another part of professional development outside of those those formal book discussions for me um, was just the environment of the ERLC office. Um, it really is a place where you are able to ask questions and we're able to say, I don't really know what I think about this or how should I be thinking about this or, or help me think through this. Um, so that was a really um, awesome way for me to develop professionally and personally too, just as I as I tried to kind of figure out what I thought about different issues, or as I tried to make decisions related to my career and, and figuring out, is this something that I want to do with my life? And it was a really awesome place just to be able to, to be able to have those kinds of conversations and to get really, really great and, and trustworthy advice. So Hannah, can you kind of give us a, a concrete example of something that you learned that shaped your outlook on your career going forward? Yeah, I feel like probably the biggest takeaway from um, from this internship that I will be taking into my future career is the idea of convictional kindness. Um, that's something that that we talk about a lot at the ERLC in, in that we don't have to compromise our convictions, especially when our convictions are based on, on scripture. And that's something that we don't want to compromise. Um, but at the same time, going above and beyond to be kind to people and to love them well and to understand where they're coming from, I think is something that the ERLC does really uniquely well. Um, And it's been really neat to be able to see that up close and personal, even as we discuss what kind of tone we're going to take in something or or how we want to construct our message here. That is something that I really will take into my future career. I love that. Okay. So this, this has all been great. Hannah, I I love hearing how your internship experience was, but this was a weird semester. <laughs> like, I know at this point, eight weeks in, everybody's just kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, here's our podcast and we're all around the country. That's not normal. Normally, we would be downstairs in the uh, podcast studio of the Leland House, which we are not right now. And we are not because we're all working from home because uh, the coronavirus is a global pandemic, which upended all of our lives. So, yeah, that was unexpected when you started your internship, to say the least. So you wrote a reflection for ERLC uh, about your experience as a as a college student during a time of pandemic. This is your senior year. You should be walking with a cap and gown uh, in the next couple of weeks. You were supposed to be living in Washington, D.C. All of that was disrupted. How has that been? How are you doing? 
Yeah, Jeff, I, I'm doing pretty well right now, actually, but it was definitely um, a huge disruption and something that nobody saw coming, myself definitely included. It was really, really tough at first, especially just kind of um, dealing with that that loss, if you will, of of everything that I was expecting to be and everything that I was excited for. Um, I mean, especially being in Washington, um, I had been there about eight weeks when um, when everything kind of started closing down. And so it was, it had kind of just gotten to a point where I had really made friendships, where I had gotten plugged into a church and where things were starting to warm up outside. And, and I was really getting excited for everything that was, that was coming. And, and at the same time, I was very disappointed to um, have my graduation canceled and to not have that chance to say goodbye to friends um, and, and just to really close that chapter how you would expect to. And that's a lot of what I wrote about in that reflection. But for me, I think the thing has really been just trying to recognize how how fortunate that I am. I was very, very grateful that the RLC allowed me to finish my internship remotely. Um, most interns on Capitol Hill literally were evicted and sent home in just a couple days. Um, but the RLC was very, very gracious in allowing me to finish remotely. Um, I'm very fortunate that I had friends and family that helped me get home to Tennessee and that I've had somewhere to live. Um, there are so many college students that were that were displaced and really didn't have anywhere to go. So I'm just I'm very, very um, thankful for how God has provided for me in this time. Yeah, it gosh, it, it was it was so crazy. I mean, Brooke, Chelsea, do y'all remember it like was. it feels like forever ago, but do y'all remember when we when we when those in those first couple of weeks, um, I guess it was it was for us in DC. I, I do I get the sense that those of us in DC were were like kind of a week ahead of the rest of the country about being worried about coronavirus, a week, maybe even two weeks ahead of some parts, but like there was this sense that, oh, this this is getting real and this is going to be disrupting to our lives. And I'd be curious to hear y'all's reflections as well as, as Hannah just shared, you know, when was that moment that you, that you realized uh, everything might be about to change for the rest of the semester. And I need to think about how I'm going to respond. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, I was the first one out of the Leland house and everyone else stuck around a little bit longer than me, but um, yeah, I don't have any family in DC and I wanted to be near my family during this. So within a matter of, yeah. And Brooke, you had just, you mm-hmm. had just moved here mm-hmm. permanently. I mean, you've been working for us, uh, working for us now almost a year, but you had just moved to DC permanently at the start of 2020. Mm-hmm. That's right. I remember I, I bet probably a week before I left, I got a massive grocery order and was going to hoard all my food um, and was ready to hunker down and then um, just decided, gosh, within a matter of days that I was going to be heading home. But even then, when I booked my flight to Kansas, I thought it was going to be three weeks tops. I didn't, so you didn't I like certainly take didn't think it would be. No, I brought, I brought <laughs> you a took backpack. Like a backpack. <laughs> um, and <laughs> I brought a backpack and um, have been just uh, raiding my uh, family's closets for clothes to wear, but. Oh gosh. Chelsea, yeah. what, what about you? Was there, was there a moment that you remember now looking back uh, on the spring semester that you were like, wow, this, everything is kind of, everything is changing. 
Yeah. I mean, like you said, Jeff, I think we were a little bit ahead. And I remember it. I mean, it feels like a lifetime ago, but I remember um, spending way too much time um, before we decided to start working from home on Twitter and social media and just feeling extremely anxious. And then we made the decision to work from home. And I left kind of middle of the day and did some errands and things like that. And, you know, I personally entered into this thinking very similar to Brooke, we would be over soon and back to work in a couple of weeks. And it has been more than a couple of weeks, but I'm sure we'll have uh, many more reflections and in many ways, definitely still processing, but yeah, um, it's been an adjustment. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know for, for me, the, the moment was probably, so my, my, my wife and I both stopped taking, uh, public transportation to work, um, maybe a week. Yeah. it It was a week before we started working from home. And so I started riding, riding a bike. It was a bike share, but I would, I would put on gloves and I had, these Purell wipes that I got from my gym um, and would would like wipe down the bike, like ride the bike because I felt safe outside. And then there was there was one day, Brooke, you had just left, I believe. And so I was I was coming into the office and the one of the government buildings right on the other side of Second Street from our office had just called it and been like, okay, everybody go work from home because there had been a COVID-19 case in uh in another government building adjacent to us right there and so i think it was just like starting to the dominoes were starting to fall and all of a sudden you know i'm pulling up to pulling up to the office and like there are people everywhere just like leaving just going home and it it had this apocalyptic feel that uh man i'll I'll always remember and to bring this full circle back to the conversation with you hannah and about your internship i think one of the things that really stuck out to me in that is how we how we can have a peace in the Lord when times feel just completely upside down. And I saw that with you in particular the kinds of conversations you were having with other interns you knew around the city some of some of whom didn't know the Lord and uh, knew that you were a Christian because they knew that about you, that you went to church, but but also that you were working for a a Christian organization uh, at the ERLC. And there were just some interesting conversations that you were able to have with some other interns in the city about like where peace comes from in a time like this. And, you know, it's 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 just that's gonna be something that I remember often when I think about spring 2020 and your internship with us. And it's just a, it's just another cool reminder for all those who are interested in the work of the ERLC and the kinds of things that we do, that the ministry of Southern Baptist in Washington isn't, isn't just reflected in the kind of pro-life human dignity advocacy that we do on the Hill on a particular bill related to abortion, though it is that, and that's important. It's also seen in just the evangelistic lives that we live in a city that's as crazy and interesting and diverse as as Washington. I mean, we're here as a signpost, like Dr. Moore talks about. You know, churches are a signpost of of the kingdom that is to come. And, you know, I I got to see that in in Hannah, your internship and the way that you interacted with with other interns and college students in such a crazy, unsettling time. Mm-hmm. Um, so Hannah, as we are wrapping up uh, this podcast and our time with you, 
Um, I just want to ask, are there any other uh, highlights from your internship and your time in DC you'd like to share? Yeah. So I was trying to think about if I could pick a a favorite experience of my internship. And I mean, there just were so many that I had getting to participate with March for Life, um, going to meetings on the Hill. Like there just were so many things that I enjoyed. Um, But I think my highlights really were just being able to to come into work every day. That's something that I, I have more recently, um, I guess, appreciated. But just getting to come in and work with the team every day, um, getting to be a part of a really great church in D.C. Um, as Jeff mentioned, my living situation allowed me to um, just make a, ro- a lot of really neat friendships with people that I, I didn't know, um, getting to explore Washington, D.C. with them. Um, one of my favorite memories, I think, is is there was this one night I had been doing homework and was just tired of it. And so I just decided to go out for a walk. And I walked all the way down to the Lincoln and then back to where I live, which is about six miles. Um, but I just, I walked it by myself and it just was such a, a neat and a surreal experience um, to get to do that. And yeah, I just had a really great time. So I can't wait to be to be back in D.C. Well, Hannah, I know I speak for all of us at the Leland House and at ERLC to say that we are sad to see your internship come to an end, but thankfully, you're going to be nearby. You want to tell us what you're doing next? Yeah. So actually, this morning, I um, accepted a job with the National Immigration Forum, which is a uh, an organization that partners with the ERLC um, to do work on immigration, and so they do a lot of work on on helping us really see immigrants as the people that that live among us, that are um, the vulnerable and people that we want to respect and lift up. Um, so I'm really excited to be joining their team and to continue working in some of these same spaces with the ERLC. Yeah, I'm I'm pumped for you. I'm excited. Uh, it's 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 not an easy time to be job searching, and man, I I'm thrilled that you are going to be nearby and here in D.C. And we're excited for for what's to come in your career. Uh, Well, Brooke, Chelsea, Hannah, thanks so much for uh, linking up and uh, and having this conversation here at the uh, to mark the end of Hannah's spring internship with us. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, I was glad to be on. Thanks, Jeff. This is Capital Conversations, an ERLC podcast from Washington, D.C. Thanks for joining us today, and be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening. And if you can, would you consider giving us a rating and writing a review? And if you know somebody who might be interested in internships, send them this episode so they can learn more about Hannah's experience with us. Uh, And go to ERLC.com slash internships to learn more about that. To keep up with the work of the ERLC in Washington, you can go to ERLC.com slash policy, where you can sign up for our weekly policy newsletter. Uh, And Hannah, thanks for all you've done in helping us produce the Capital Conversations podcast throughout your internship. Uh, Resources as well as links from this conversation, from what Chelsea talked about earlier on with what kind of work we've been up to, what she's been writing, as well as links about our policy newsletter and internship are available to equip you and your church in the show notes and at erlc.com.